0: about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing What thing. you think is in Our there, brains aren't really, finished. They're not fully cooked yet. R-O you go R-O with R-O your heart, you don't have any brain. idea why because we're, we're doing, doing smart in the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. Whoever said, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, that seems a little masochistic. If at first you don't succeed, try a couple more times and then get out of there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bob Duke. I'm Art Markman. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, sunk cost. Economists have developed this concept of sunk costs, which is the idea that whenever you make any kind of expenditure, that once you spend it, that resource should not affect any future decisions that you make because it's gone. There's gone. nothing you right. There's nothing you can do about it. But it turns out that actually people are highly sensitive to the amount of money or effort or time or resources that they put into something and are likely to continue to put more time, effort, money, and resources into something simply because of what they've already spent. Even if, had they not spent those resources, they would not pursue that. So. Just to give a quick example, imagine you go to a play and the play tickets were really hard to get. So you spent a lot of money on them and then you
0: go and the first act is horrible. Do you stay for the second act? Well, I invested so much money in this and tried so hard to get the tickets. Now, the question
1: is, what if somebody had just given you the tickets, they realized the morning of the show, oh, I can't go, I'll give you these tickets, and you go, and the first act is horrible, yeah. it seems like you're much more prone to say, yeah, I'm going to leave. But you know what? The money and the time, all that's gone. So why are you going to waste the next
0: hour and a half because of the time that you'd already spent? And that's what's called the sunk cost fallacy. And, and another example that extends over a little longer time period is anybody who's kept a used car longer than they should have, when I just had the transmission built three months ago, and now the alternator's gone. And then a couple of weeks later, the power steering has a problem. And I think, well, I already spent this much money on this car. How can I get rid of it now? But as you're saying, that spent money, those sunk costs are already gone. There's no retrieving them. And yet they still influence our decision-making about when it's time to cut and run. (laughs) That's right. You might think maybe it is to people's advantage to
1: pay attention to sunk costs, that maybe having put a lot of effort into something, you should continue to put effort into it. The issue is, actually, if you are pretty sure that you're in a losing effort, you should cut and run no matter how much time you've spent. And there was an interesting study on this. So Richard Nisbet did a study where, among other things, he wanted to look at this in the real world. So he actually looked at academics and asked the question, how much money do they make? Not necessarily across fields. I mean, across different fields in academia, people get paid somewhat different amounts of money. But within a field, it turns out that there are merit raises. And so, presumably, the people who are somewhat more successful in the work that they're doing end up, on average, over the long run, making more money than the people who are less successful. And so, he gave a bunch of academics questionnaires about how much they attend to sunk costs. So, are you willing to give up on a research project that you worked really hard on because it's clear it's not working? And all sorts of things like that. People who responded to those questions in a way that suggested they weren't really that sensitive to the sunk costs, those people made more money on average than the people who seemed to continue to pursue projects that didn't seem to be working
0: out very well, but they'd already spent a lot of time. <laughs> and that's always a hard thing to give up because when you're working on something and you've invested time and energy, you've developed some sort of emotional attachment to the thing as well. So it's not just a matter of some cold economic calculation that's devoid of any emotion, right? I mean, if I'm now invested in this and I care about this, whether it's a project or a relationship or something else, to be able to say, okay, I'm out of here now is difficult because of the emotional components associated with it.
1: A lot of times when we do studies on this sort of thing, we're focused on events where you don't really create much of a relationship with the thing. So if you're thinking, for example, about a play, you know, the amount of money that you spent on the play, well, then, you know, you see the first act, you invested an hour and a half, you know, you might think, well, you know, okay, I'll invest another hour and a half. The cost isn't that high. But as you point out, there are so many situations in which there is this relationship that's been developed and people are reluctant to give that up partly because of the amount of time and partly because of the potential difficulty of having to establish some new relationship. You have to go through that whole process all over again. Mm -hmm. So if you think about people who stay in a romantic relationship for too long or for people who stay at a job for too long, part of the unwillingness to leave is not just, well, if I leave this job, if I leave this relationship, I will have wasted all that time because it's gone. That that time is gone. But also... Do I really want to go through all the work of having to learn this new job or have this new relationship when I've already got this thing that I know already? The brain is a prediction engine. And so we like things that feel comfortable. And one way to feel comfortable with something is to have spent a lot of time with it. And there can be a kind of a reluctance to have to engage in something new that's potentially unpredictable. And it could be great. It could be wonderful.
0: But in the moment, you don't know. We don't make calculations devoid of emotional influence in almost any aspect of our lives, right? If you consider this in the abstract, it might seem pretty stupid. Why would you hang on to something when you can't retrieve what you've already spent and you know it's bad? Why don't you bail? Well, it's that emotion thing that keeps us there in ways that I think we're often reluctant to acknowledge.
1: And part of the reason that this becomes difficult is because there is a fine line between chucking something that clearly isn't going to work. And failing to persist in something that just needed more effort. Yeah, exactly. And that's the really hard part. So there's been a lot of discussion over the last several years about the concept of grit. <laughs> and grit is the passionate persistence in a project. And many successful people are ones who succeeded because they persisted longer than yeah. other people thought was reasonable. Here's the danger, right? If you give up on everything quickly, then you may not persist on anything long enough to succeed at it. But on the other hand, if you persist too long on something, or if you persist too long on the wrong things, you may not succeed because you were persisting on the wrong thing. And there's no easy advice to give to people.
0: Of course. Because if we said
1: to everybody, you should just persist on everything, have grit, Well, the answer is (laughs) have grit, except when you shouldn't. Yeah. Sometimes you shouldn't, sometimes you should stop. So really it's have wisdom. Next time we'll talk about reverse psychology with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.